0: Hallelujah. Thank you, praise team, for taking and bringing me on a kind of wet, rainy morning that started and kind of feeling blah and lifting me up to to worship the Lord. Thank you so much. If you got your Bibles, I want to talk to you. It's good to see everybody here. Uh, A lot of people out today for various reasons. Check on them. Check on people that you don't see here today. Many things, many legit things. Drill. Uh, just, uh, working, uh, lots of different things going on, sicknesses, but, but check on somebody, call them, let them know that you missed them. And, uh, and, uh, let's go into the word of God today. Today, I want to talk to you about, um, history repeats itself. History repeats itself. And if you've got your Bibles, go to first Kings 17, first Kings 17. And I want to remind you, go vote tomorrow. Please go vote and pray, pray hard. Daniel won't tell you who to vote. If you need, I mean, Tuesday, Tuesday. Daniel won't tell you who to vote. Come to me, I'll tell you who to vote for. <laughs> I used to go with my mom and daddy when they were little in the voting booth, and I'd tell them who to vote for. I was kind of like the Michael Keaton back in the day on that show where he was always into politics. That was me. So if, if you want to talk and kind of know what, what, which way to go, I'll, I'll tell you. It really shouldn't be that hard as Christians today as to which direction you ought to be voting, because I'm going to tell you, the choices are getting fewer and far between. But we need to vote. We need to vote. If you're worried, you say, well, my vote doesn't. Yeah, it counts. It counts. Israel just had an election, and I'm going to tell you what, they had a huge turnout, and and Netanyahu got voted back in to office, so I'm going to tell you, going to the polls counts, it counts. If enough of us go, it, it counts, so we got to go. Even if there's stealing going on, if enough people go, then uh, then it's harder to steal, and it's hard to steal these types of elections because they're on a state level, so, so uh, go vote, go vote. We need to wake up and go do what we can do. And more than that, pray, because our answer ultimately is not in Washington or Alabama or anywhere else. It's in Christ, in Christ alone, and in the church. And the church needs revival. The church needs to awaken. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about history repeating itself. If we want to know what's ahead, then we just simply need to look back at what we've what what's been. If you want to know what's ahead, just simply look behind us and see what has happened. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at a period in. The life of Elijah, and we're gonna look at how it's a similar, how many similarities there are in these in, in this book and, and in, in Elijah's life. And we're gonna look at this prophet and we're gonna see how much of this repeats itself and is repeating itself in our day. So let me pray one more time because I uh and uh just pray uh get take your bibles and open them i didn't have time to do a powerpoint they may get these on the screen so you just be wise we're going to be in first kings 18 first kings 19 so let's go old school get your bible on your lap you're going to need it let's follow through it and it'll be good for us so father again we just pray god to speak to our hearts and change our lives anoint me god help me this morning lord and let it be you and not me here today god and father uh, just uh just just one more time send your spirit down upon us God and help us God as a nation as a people Lord today in Jesus holy name we pray amen and amen history repeats itself as I said Elijah had as a time of similarities just like our time Israel was in decline as a nation They began to do their own thing, much like we have begun to do in America and in our time, doing our own thing. uh, We're just like a lot of what was beginning to set in. It began. The compromise began at that time with a man named Solomon. If you remember Solomon, Solomon at the beginning began to seek the Lord, kind of like America. Solomon began to seek the Lord with all of his heart. Solomon began to he he began to ask the Lord for power. He began to ask the Lord for wisdom. But at the end of his life, Daniel, it began to go sour. It began to go downhill. He began to get away from God. He began to get away from the things of God and away from the Lord. And it led generation after generation away from the Lord. And I have to say, America for the last few years what once was a nation that sent missionaries all over the world and the gospel all over the world. Many people in other countries can tell you if it had not been for some preacher or some missionary coming to their tiny village in the middle of nowhere and taking the gospel to that place they would not know Christ they would not have a church built that way but America did that but sadly I'm ashamed to say like Solomon we've begun to compromise and sadly we don't spend our money on missionary dollars going across the world we spend it on smut and Hollywood and pornography and all sorts of everything else that we export to the world that's what they know America for today sadly and that's what we've caused the nations to become because of that but there was compromise that set in in solomon's day and the beginning of that destruction hear me well because you're going to see that history does indeed repeat itself in that day the beginning of that destruction that began to come because of this compromise was division oh you remember right after solomon what happens the nation splits we have divisions so bad that the nation divides into a southern and northern kingdom. We have ten tribes and we have two tribes. And the nation is divided. Not only is the nation divided, and we see the division there, Israel and Judah split because some wanted to follow God, some wanted to follow a king, and wanted to follow their own heart. Later we see Jeroboam becomes one of the first kings over the northern tribe. And what does Jeroboam do? Not only are we going to have the nation divided... With politics and everything else but we're going to divide the church because all of a sudden and lord if we don't have that going on now in our nation if we do not have that going on in political divides you're either on the red team or you're on the blue team and folks it's gathered its way all the way down into the church now where we have splits and divisions like never before amen and Jeroboam was their king and and he led the people into a compromised lifestyle and that's what we've seen and why we have a division in the church is because he created two places of worship he was worried, Raymond about the people because he's over in the place away from Jerusalem and now he's worried about losing all of his people to go to the temple so he has an idea i tell you what we'll do instead of losing them to the temple we'll set up two new places of worship we'll set up a, a golden calf in Bethel and we'll set up one and Dan. And guess what? We're so audacious that we'll change the way that God has prescribed us to worship that we'll inscribe Yahweh on the base of this thing so that they'll think and know that uh, we'll add a little mixture of God. And that's what we've seen, the kind of compromise that has come out of pulpits and out of churches and out of this nation now that has begun that we can take God's Word and we can change it and we can mix a little bit of our ideas and a little bit of our thinking and a little bit of our ways and we can compromise God's Word and we have created other ways to worship Him. And they ignored God's stipulations. They ignored that and that's the beginning of Israel's idolatry. That's where they came into strong idol worship. They came into this mixture. They came into serving their own ideas. They came into creating what we can see We will, and what we can create we will now follow. And things after that went downhill fast. Remember, I'm talking about history repeating it in our day. Things began to go down as they began to compromise, as there begins to be this split in their nation, as there begins to be this split in their religion. And from the uh, from then on, the nation was headed for destruction. Israel was headed on a path of the, uh, of destruction for refusing the counsel of God. They, know, they shut their ear. They shut their ear to the true prophets of God. Listen, we have it in our day. We have true prophets that are warning. We have true prophets that are thundering out, but the majority of people are closing their ears and they're heaping to themselves. False prophets like began to go on in this day. Don't speak that. Don't say that. Don't speak those kind of things. We only want to hear unicorns and butterflies and puppy dogs. Give us good words. Give us smooth words. I don't, uh -uh. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe that. Right? And we don't listen to that. And that's what began to happen here is we begin to see the nation begin to go down into a spiral uh, and begin to be into a destructive path for no longer refusing. They refused the counsel of God. They refused the prophets that God would send. And folks, there are people refusing that today. You get in the pulpit and you read this Bible and you say something about where America's headed for real if we don't repent. And they, oh, I don't, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. You don't have to receive it. Just look at history and read God's Word. I can tell you what's going to happen if we don't straighten up as a nation. Come on, we'll quote Billy Graham. Oh, if he doesn't destroy America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. But you get up and you preach a real word like that from the pulpit. Oh, we don't receive that. We're not that bad. God loves us. Remember how we were created and how he raised us up? And, and and we began to be arrogant and proud like that. And we began listening to those who can tickle our ears that only good times are ahead and let the party roll on. We can stay in our sin. We can keep doing what we're doing, and God's going to continue to bless us, right? And so the kings that continued to follow were bad. But especially one by the name of Ahab. Oh, you remember his wife. History repeated itself a few years ago if you didn't know it. (laughs) Read between the lines. He married a woman by the name of Jezebel. And she introduced Baal worship. She introduced Baal worship to this nation. Not only did she do Baal worship herself. But she taught the people how to do bell worship, and she raised up prophets to do bell worship in the nation. So now they have this compromise going on. Now they have these prophets going out and controlling the people because they're preaching this false gospel and this new message, and they are they are they are they are hindering God's word and God's prophets from coming forth, and and and, and hindering people from hearing the true word of God. I get so. enraged, Marcy and I, and I don't even know why I do it to myself, but I read things on social media coming out of people in this room and other places, and I'm thinking, what Bible are you reading? You're just going with the false prophets of the day, and you're saying things that don't compute. You're not thinking. You're not discerning. You're not praying to ask. What you keep sending around on the internet is actually the Word of God, and we're compromising. They heard these false prophets because they were the words of the day and they were hindering the true word from getting out of what people really need to hear to be changed and have their lives uh, uh, not compromised and their lives set free and so think of the contrast to our day because history really does repeat itself it really does especially when you turn away from God like we have turned away from God you simply need to read history and you simply need to go into the word of God and you can see what happens when people it just repeats itself, folks. You don't have to be a great theologian, Bible scholar, or seer or prophet to understand. Just take time to go through and see what happened to every nation not only back here, but but in modern and recent times that had the favor of God, that had God in their life, and then refused Him and pushed Him out of their society. There's nothing new under the sun. It continues to repeat itself, and the same thing begins to happen over and over and over. We of so-called prophets today telling people what we want to hear. We, we flock to these churches where people, where where we give a skit and we give a happy time and we give our coffee and we do all of these things and give me just a smooth word, give me just a, a ten-minute sermon because I I definitely ain't sitting in there for an hour to listen to a guy scream at me and tell me all these things. And that's what we've conditioned ourselves: is give me a good time, give me a good time in church. Let it be about me. Let it. Make it good, make it for me, and then we'll be happy. Amen. Let me tell you the characteristics of the false prophet of this day. They worked for political purposes that benefited them. And that's happening again today. They worked for political purpose that benefited them. They held positions of great wealth, uh, possessions of possessions of great wealth. They, they, they wanted wealth, man. They craved it. Filthy lucre. They, they, they gave false messages because they were messages that came out of their own bellies. The God of their belly was delivering it. Now here's the difference. The true prophet in this day, they were working for a spiritual purpose. They were working to serve God and to serve the people. They owned little or nothing. That's not to say that a man or woman of God or people of God can't own anything or have nice things. But, they, but I'm just telling you the difference of what was contrasted in this day. They owned little or, not, or, or nothing. They sought the Lord on behalf of the people. They sought the Lord so hard that they wanted to find out what God's heart was for the people of that day. And they came out with a true message of God, no matter how hard it was, or no matter how easy, no matter how unpopular it was, they brought that message to the people because that's what God wanted to speak. So now we have at this time that we're speaking of, you have Ahab, you have Jezebel, and they're devoted to Baal worship. You have hundreds of prophets and you have these prophets devoted to them and Israel is not walking with God in the way of the Lord. They're worshiping idols. They're listening to false prophets and my, 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 if that doesn't sound like today. But in the middle of all this, get this church, in the middle of all this, God raises up a remnant. I said, in the middle of this kind of situation, God raises up a remnant. Hallelujah. He raises up a remnant. He raises up one of the greatest prophets by the name of Elijah. And he says, I'm not done working in this nation. I'm not done working in these people. Uh, Elijah confronted the nation rather than comfort the nation. And that's what we need in Brookside. That's what we need around the body of Christ. We need men and women who will rise up and confront the wickedness in this world. Confront the wickedness in our family. Confront the wickedness in our schools. Confront the wickedness in Washington confront the wickedness all around us and begin to push back the darkness not comfort the people but confront the people amen he had a boldness to confront them he had a boldness to stand up in his day my goodness church of the living God wake up and let's begin to stand in this society again if you want to blame somebody take your finger and blame you we are the reason that we are in the shape we're in no we are and if you're not, you're too arrogant to see it. It's the church's fault. We have been too busy on our ivory couches. We have been too busy taking care of our four and no more. We have been too busy We're doing other things than to, than to do the things of God. And it's time that God sent a revival. It's time that God awaken us. It's not too late. God can still do something to push back the darkness here. Amen? And so he confronted Ahab and he exposed the false prophets. We need somebody to confront the school boards and the education centers and the filth and the sickness that is going on in this nation? How long are you going to let it be taken over with critical race theory? How long are you going to let your children be told that they don't know if they're a boy or a girl? When are we going to stand up in our universities and say, no more. You're going to tell our kids that God is dead. No more. We're taking it back. I mean, you look like you don't care, but we need to get up and we need to rise up and push back the darkness again. Oh God, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us. We need the Holy Spirit, amen? We need the Holy Spirit to raise us up just like you raised up Elijah, just like you raised him up to confront Ahab and expose the false prophets. When are we going to rise up and call these false prophets out that are on the television? Oh, you can't do that. We've got to be tolerant. So we let everybody be deceived and go to hell. When are we going to call it out? I remember when, Peter, when, when Paul called Peter out in front of everybody. He said, when, when I come here and the Jews aren't here, you seem to not have any problem eating with the Gentiles. But when they show up, you begin to distance yourself. What's going on? We need to expose the darkness, church. We need to rise up and speak the truth, not like I'm yelling it, but in love. Right? And that's what we Elijah was called to do this when he did it. And guess what? Hear me. He was persecuted. And guess what? When we speak this, we are going to be persecuted. Guess what? There were people not persecuted in, in the quote-unquote church in, in, in Hitler's time. You know why? Because they did nothing. They did nothing. They watched the evil at their work and they said nothing. They watched Jews be taken in cars and they did nothing. And folks, you can skate on through if you want to and you can never rock the boat and guess what? You'll be fine but you'll stand before the Lord on judgment day with a lukewarm and compromised heart or you can stand up and be a Christ follower and do exactly what God said. All who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. No, all who live godly in Christ will come against this world and the world will hate you. It doesn't, comp- it doesn't persecute compromised people and that's why I haven't been compromised. That's why I haven't been persecuted. Because we just want an easy life. Do you know what our God is in this nation? Comfort and ease. Oh, let's don't do anything to make it hard on our children. Oh, let's don't do anything to make it hard. Oh, don't say that to them. They'll, they'll, get, they'll, they'll get mad and leave. Oh, it's all about ease. It's all about comfort. It's all about, uh, about us and self and when we stand we will be persecuted the Bible says and that but but, folks I'm not telling you to stand in your own strength because it scares me we need the power of the Holy Spirit Elijah needed the power of the Holy Spirit he needed the word of God he needed the ways of God we can't stand alone that's why at the end of this meeting today we're going to cry out for the Holy Spirit to come we're going to cry out for the fire of God to come so that we can stand with a boldness because listen love drives us to share the gospel which we're like Today we need the love of God shed abroad in our heart, where we don't, where we care about the guy next door, where we care about the people this Thanksgiving at our table that don't know God, where we care about what's going on in our school enough to go and share the gospel. But the Holy Spirit helps us to withstand what's going to come against us when they come against us with that, and that gives us the power and the boldness to do what Elijah did and to stay aware of the presence of God, folks. We need to stay aware of the presence of God. He is ever with us. He lives inside of us. When you're aware of the presence of God, when they knew the ark was coming into the camp, they begin to dance. When they knew the ark was coming into the camp, they begin to get bold and puff out their chest. Their enemies begin to quake in fear because they knew God was with them. And if God was with them, God was going to come through for them. And I'm telling you, God lives in me. And God is going to come through for us in this last hour if we stand for Him. Amen? so what did elijah do what did he do to witness one of the greatest moves of god in all the world of god what did elijah do to 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 witness such a great don't we need a move of god don't we need a move of god in this nation don't we need a revival Yes. yes i I'm going to bring y'all up one day to let you see. I'm not trying to be hard, but sometimes it gets <laughs> dismayed by faces. You may be dismayed by my face and you may be upset by my screaming, but I'm sorry. But, but, but we need a move of God. We need, yes, this is the response. Yes, we need a move of God desperately in this nation. Wickedness, evil is taking over and infiltrating our streets. We're seeing people die with needles in their arms. I don't know if there never ever was a day we're seeing people that, that are confused we're seeing all kinds of things and we need a move of God well what did Elijah do if we can repeat history what did he do that caused such a great remove of God that revival came and, and, and began to do something in this nation well here's one of the problems revival doesn't always come the way that you want revival to come okay okay and that I want revival to come. Because what do we want? We want revival to come and our wallets to get full. We want revival to come and for us to just shout and kick it and have a, a good old time inside of here. But guess what? When the revival came in this day and this time, guess what happened? Sometimes He lets the wallet get empty. Sometimes famine comes. Sometimes the world gets to go wacko in order for people to get to a place that we will cry out to God and say, Dear God, come back. So that our faces don't look like this. But we begin to start looking like this dear God help us dear God help us we need you sometimes revival comes in the form of difficulty in order so we will turn back to God and that's exactly what happened in this day all the obstacles that begin to come like COVID like 9-11 like this and that and stock markets going up and down and you watching your retirement and your one k go down the toilet and all those things begin to happen and all those obstacles begin to come and they begin to cause us to cry Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on America. Lord, have mercy on this world. Lord, have mercy on the pulpit. Lord, have mercy on the pew. Lord, have mercy on me. And Lord, have mercy on my family. God, have mercy on us. And the first thing Elijah does when this begins to happen, if you look at, at, at uh, 1 Kings 17.1, look at what it says. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. So the first thing Elijah does, what causes this to happen and what does Elijah do to bring about a, a revival of some sort in the midst of this time the first thing that Elijah does is he has a word for Ahab and he takes this word to Ahab and he begins to prophesy what's about to be ahead. He says God is going to intervene in this situation and he says because God has heard the Cry of a wi- uh, he says because God ha- is going to intervene because God uh, be- be- God's going to hear the cry and and rain is going to come but it's not going to come until we cry to the Lord we're not crying to the Lord yet Ahab but God's going to send something into the land that's going to put that cry into our hearts it's going to be His mercy and He's going to cause a mercy moment to happen and He's going to put a cry back into our hearts that is going to cause us to cry out to God but because of our sin and our God is going to send famine first. And you're going to encounter things that will cause you to cry. If you haven't looked lately, we're encountering things that's causing our hearts to cry. God, help us. God, if you don't come, God, we need you. God, come and help our nation. Dear God, come and help our election. There are jackals and hyenas and people all around that want to tear this nation down. Our enemies are surrounding us with their nuclear subs and their war. They're shooting the 29 and 30 missiles over here. They're taking their, their, their nuclear submarines over here and taunting us. All sorts of things are happening. we got people in office that can't even... They don't even know if they're going or coming. Their mental capacities and their minds are messed up. And God, we're in a state now where, dear God, we need You. Amen? Amen. God and so God does something as he begins to send famine into the land. This is how he's going to send revival to these to Israel. This is how he's going to do something in this land. So he sends Elijah to go to Ahab and to begin to say, God's going to send a famine. And that famine is going to be sent in order to pre- create a cry. The next thing, God sends Elijah to a place. Get this. You better hear this message. This is for you. And it's a, it's a now word. Listen to me. God sends Elijah to a place to be hidden during this time of famine. You need to hear the voice of God you need to walk with God and you need to be led by the Spirit of God and so what Elijah does is he's hidden by the brook of the Jordan River and the Bible says that ravens begin to bring food to him it's absolutely wonderful it's absolutely marvelous it's supernatural it's miraculous and folks I'm going to tell you if you're going to get through the days ahead it's going to come to a time and a place where we're going to see the supernatural again and where God is going to do miracles for us amen Look at what it says in verse 5 through 7. It says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith. Look, everybody else in the nation's not doing anything according to the world, right? They began to do things by their own ideas, their own ways. But Elijah, and there's a remnant that began to do things according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it, I mean, I, that is absolutely awesome, folks. I mean, if that can't cause you to worship. I don't know. You're the most stoic person on the face of the earth. Dear God, get some life into you. I mean, God is bringing a bird down to feed man in the midst of a famine. I mean, is our God not good? And you can't sing or raise your hand and say, I will sing of the goodness of God? Are you kidding me? Elijah, you must walk with me. Brookside Church if you're going to make it in these days, you must walk with Him. You must walk with God. I'll lead you through difficult times, he's saying right here. He's showing us that the people of God, the remnant, if you'll follow my ways, no matter how bad, no matter how destructive, no matter what kind of famine comes in the land. I mean, I had somebody last night saying, what are we going to do? I know these bad things are coming. How am I going to take care of my family? This is how you're going to take care of your family. How am I going to take care of my baby? This is how you're going to take care of your baby. There's nobody better that takes care of babies than God Almighty. And eventually, look, look, but the times aren't going to look like what you want to do. We've got to say revival's not the way you want it. Because what happens, Raymond? The brook eventually dries up. You know why the brook dries up, Steve? Because a widow is crying and God hears the widow. And God says, I'm going to dry up the brook because i got to nudge Elijah out of this place to go help a widow. And folks, I'm telling you, God needs to nudge us out of our complacent little COVID hideaways and He needs to get us out because there's people outside of here that are crying. There are widows. There are orphans. There are, there are people all around us that are crying. The brook needs to dry up so that we will hear the cry of the widow and we will go to the need. and that's exactly what he does, he dries up the brook and he hears the cry of a widow and God tells him go to this widow I need you to go to this widow I heard her cry and I need you to leave where you're at and I need you to meet the cry and we must leave our comfortable places we must leave leave our couches our house, our Netflix we must meet the cries of this nation right now, if we don't do it we're going to stand before God and we're going to count that we were the last generation we were the church in this hour in America and God here's your talent. We did nothing with it. We buried it. Because it was bad. God, did you know what it was like out there? There was a pandemic going on. First Kings seventeen nine. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And get this, is God not amazing? I'm sending you to the cry of a widow, but this widow is going to take care of you, Elijah. She's going to be the one that's going to cause you to live, because she's going to feed you. How crazy is that? This widow is going to provide for you. You need her, and she needs you. You need this church and the people in it, whether you know it or not. You need the people of God whether you know it or not. First Kings, she say, he says, go live with a, with a widow in this village. I've entrusted a widow there to feed you. She needs help, but God lets her take care of Elijah. He says, give me some water. And when he gets there, so she gives him some water, and when she's gone out to get the water, he, she hears this cry, hey, and how about bringing me some food too? Man, she goes, ugh. Because she had just gone out to get sticks to collect to bake the last meal for her and her son. And maybe we're going to die after this. But she comes out. The Bible says, and she, she even though, even though uh, she has needs of herself, and folks, this is where we can't get in this generation. As recession goes, and the stock markets plummet, and everybody starts hoarding toilet paper, and they start hoarding food in their barns, and they start building bigger barns, all to hold it in to themselves. This woman, thank God, had just a little bit. The Bible says, and she began to share what she had with the prophet. She began to eat the last meal that she was going to have, and God God does something miraculous. Folks, I'm telling you, if you'll share what you have, God will carry you through. If you share what you have, God will carry you through. Amen? If you hold it up, what did he do to the guy who had bigger barns? He may take your life, or he may just uh, to burn those barns down, whatever. But, 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 but there's a principle here that we need to be spiritually fed, we need to be physically fed, and God is able to give us that supernatural provision, and He will do it. Look at verse 14, at what it begins to go on to say here in verse 14. It says this, for, Thus says the Lord of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the Lord sends rain on the earth. I'm going to take care of you till the famine is over. I'm going to take care of you till the last drop. And that's absolutely amazing. So, so, so she takes... Uh, everything's good, right? Everything in the story. Praise the Lord. Hip, hip, hooray. Everything's great. No, the story takes a tragic turn. Revival doesn't always come. And awakenings don't always come. And, and, and turnings don't always come in the body of Christ the way that we always want them to come. Because what happens? they got food now, but her son dies. And look at what she goes on to say in verse 18. She goes on to say this. And so she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin and remembrance and to kill my son? I trusted you. Do you really have a message from God or not? and folks, that's the, he takes his son, this is what we've got to do now this is what the church has got to do listen to what he does, he takes this son picks him up, takes him into a private room Russell and he begins, listen to what the Bible says, he begins to pray he begins to cry out to the Lord and he says God, please let this child's life return to him we have got to go folks and we have got to say God our sons and daughters are having sex on buses, our sons and daughters are living in filth and immorality our sons and daughters are dead in their trespasses and sin dear god you have the power you have the ability to awaken them you have the ability to revive them dear god awaken these children and bring them back to life again when will the prayer meeting come back When will the prayer meeting come back to the house of God and we cry out for the sons and daughters out here to be revived? When will we do it, church? When? I call a prayer meeting and we have about two people show up. When? When? When will we cry for our sons and daughters? If I was to announce next next Sunday we're going to do nothing, but we're going to pray. I guarantee you half the parking lot would be empty. He takes the son into a private room. He begins, and I'm preaching to myself. I don't do it either. He takes the son into a private room. He begins to cry out to God, please let this child's life return back to Him. Bring life. Even though many are dead, God, send a spiritual awakening. It's not too late. It's not too late. We're not dead yet, folks. We're not out of here. The Lord has not come. He can still snatch one more from the flames. He can still take one more in prison and cause them to get on their knees. He can still take one more on death row and cause them to know Jesus Christ, he can still take one more in the public schools and in the private schools and cause them to come to know Jesus Christ. Amen? He can still take a professor in a university that is atheistic and godless. If we'll cry out, maybe there'll be an awakening and they'll come to their senses and say, everything I've taught is dung. it's wrong. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. He's waiting to hear our cry. To stand in the gap. Is there one that will stand in the gap? Is there one preacher that will will weep between the porch and the altar, Brad? I looked, but I couldn't find one. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, life returned, and it happened when they chose to pray. What would happen if we chose to pray again? What could happen in this nation? What could happen in our election? What could happen in our government? What could happen in our world? What could happen in the pornography industry? It could just dry up. What could happen if we began to pray again? What could happen if we began to pray and to trust God again? Look at what happens next. 1 Kings 18. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go prepare yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. That's what he promised at the beginning to Elijah. I'm going to send rain. I'm going to send an outpouring a latter day outpouring upon the people but it's not going to come until all these other things come and cause this cry to come out into the heart and he says go present yourself to Ahab tell him I'm going to send a rain look Israel really did nothing to deserve this and we really have done nothing I just pray that God will give us a mercy moment I pray he'll give us one more awakening where people will just all of a sudden wake up wake up in their businesses wake up everywhere and begin to to discover hey we are we're far from God. We're really far from God, like the prodigal son. And just get up and realize and go back home. That's what we need. But they did nothing to deserve this. It was just simply a mercy moment. So here's what happened. Elijah is going to tell Ahab about the rain. Stay with me. I'm almost done. He's going to tell Ahab about the rain. And and the Bible says this that Elijah meets Obadiah. He is Obadiah is one that serves in the king Ahab's house. But Obadiah is a god fear. And what has happened is they're so desperate, he sends them out in two directions. Ahab goes one way, and Obadiah goes another way, and they're looking at the brooks and the streams, anywhere they can find water, life, food, all those sorts of things. They're mad at the prophet Elijah, and and and, and so not Obadiah. So all of a sudden, uh, and, and real prophets of God for their words, and, and so all of a sudden, Elijah is coming to, to give this word to the king. He runs in to Obadiah. Obadiah is a mighty man of God who has had a hundred prophets that have been healed. True true prophets of God. He's hid them and has begun to feed them secretly and to provide for them. Another way that God is going to provide provision for us in the days ahead. Quit worrying. God is going to take care of His own. And folks, He takes care of these 50 prophets in one cave, 50 prophets in another cave, and He supplies for them through this man named Obadiah. Well, all of a sudden uh, he meets Obadiah. He says, I've got a word from God. I need to take it to the king. And he says, man, if you take that word to the king, or if I take that word to the king, I'm going to die because he's going to want you here. And he, and he says, I'm not, I don't know about that. And let's look at what it says in 1 Kings 14 through 18. Follow with me and listen to what the word of God says right here. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. He'll kill me. Then Elijah said, as long as uh, as as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So he says, don't worry, I'm going to stand before him. I'm going to present myself to him. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him that Ahab uh, went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler, troubler of Israel? i got news for you. This is what's happening now in this nation and around the world. We are going to become the troubler makers. We are going to become the ones that they blame. It's your fault this is coming on our land. It's your fault. You did it. You're the reason behind this. It's always the Jews' fault and it's always the Christians' fault, right? And that's what's beginning to manifest itself on the scene. When all this goes awry, they're going to blame you. You're the troubler. It's your fault for your practices in the world and the things that you're doing and all that riffraff about God, this is your fault. Uh, so we, we are dead if we take this message to him, he says. And look at verse 18, let's see. And, and he answered and he said, I've not troubled Israel, but your father's, he puts it back, it's your fault. This ain't my fault. This ain't the church's fault. This is your fault. You're reaping what you've sown right now. This is because of all the mess that's going on in this land, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. This is your fault. You you forsook God, and you followed false uh, uh, you got into idolatry. Don't blame me. This is all on you, Elijah begins to say. You are reaping what you've sown, but even now, even in this, even in all of this, God is sending a mercy moment. And folks, I'm asking you to please pray. Please pray that God one more time in this nation and then in this world would send a mercy moment before He comes. That He would send a mercy moment before the great tribulation. Before the tribulation comes on this earth. Ask God one more time to send His latter rain and to send a wake up and a mercy moment on this earth even in the midst of destruction. Because that's what took place. There's destruction going on. There's all this stuff going on. And God decides to send an awakening. God decides To send a revival to the people of God. And that's exactly what begins to take place. Look at uh, chapter 18, verse 21, and look at what it begins to say here. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will your father, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is is God, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Here's what we have to do, folks. This is what we have to do now. We have to take it to the people. He takes it to the people out outside of here and says enough is enough we brought all this on ourselves how long are you going to waver between two opinions if God is God America then follow him if God is God then follow him if you want to follow your own ideas and you want to follow your own your own idols and you want to do that then fine but make up your mind once and for all amen Amen. and then he says this meet me on Mount Carmel Meet me on Mount Carmel. And what he does is he builds two altars there and he gets a bull and slays it. And he asks, he says, This may the God of heaven send fire upon the, uh, uh, the, the, the true God. The true God. That will know the true God. Let Him send fire. And folks, that's what I'm going to ask us to do at the end of this service. Like I said, we're going to ask God to send fire down upon us one more time. Dear God, send fire. Send fire. Fire is, is, is representative of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit one more time upon our lives. Amen. Just like on the day of Pentecost, what happened? Tongues of fire fell upon them. And they began to be witnesses out in the marketplace. That's exactly what begins to happen here. We need to ask God to send the fire what happens the false prophets begin to run they begin to cut themselves they begin he begins to, Elijah begins to mock them where is your God is he on the toilet is he over here has he gone out to buy this has he done that and all of a sudden they're running around but look what happens in 1 Kings eighteen thirty. look at what it goes just hang with me just one more second then Elijah said to all the people come near and this is what we got to do church dear God please we can't just keep coming to church by ourselves Invite somebody. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Invite them in your neighborhood and start to tell them this. Whatever. Tell them the gospel. Elijah said, come near to me, all you people. Come near. They had been away. They're serving other things, folks. They serve other things. And he begins to call them near. It's time the church calls the people back and begins to say, come near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. This is exactly where they started. All this was broken down. He begins, the very first thing that he begins to do is rebuild what was broken. Folks, we call them near. We begin to rebuild what was broken. We've taken the cross out. We've taken the blood out. We've taken grace out. We've taken wrath out. We've taken all this. Begin to rebuild what matters. Let's begin to rebuild family devotions in our home. Let's begin to rebuild prayer in school. Let's begin to rebuild personal prayer lives. Let's begin to rebuild the church prayer meeting. Let's begin to rebuild coming to church. Let's begin to rebuild the things that were broken in this nation and turn back to what worked god amen he works so he began to repair what was broken down and then look what it says next and he took 12 stones now this is huge he didn't take 10 stones daniel and two and build them separately because what did i say happens when we get away from god the very first thing that happens The very first part of destruction, disunity, division. Elijah takes 12 stones. Our nation is divided. Our church is divided, but we are one. And we are going to rebuild unity. We're going to rebuild unity back in this house, around the sacrifice of Jesus, back around the cross. And we're not going to be divided as the people of God anymore. We're going to rebuild what's broken. We're going to rebuild the unity in God's house. Amen? Amen. And then he said, choose the way of the Lord. And look at verse 36. In verse 36, and it says, And it's a time of evening offering. At the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of Israel, let it be known this day that You are God. This ain't happening because of us, God. We are bankrupt. We have nothing left. We we, we disobeyed You. We got away from You. This is not going to happen because we, go, we pray enough, we read enough, we study enough, we preach right enough. He says, no, you are God. If revival happens, if an awakening happens, it's going to be because you are God in Israel. And I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Now hear me, O Lord, hear me. And this thy people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Let this people know you are God and turn their hearts back to you again. It's You, God, who can bring this nation back. It's You, God, who can bring our churches back. It's You, God, who can bring it back. Not the elephant, not the donkey. It's You. And when He began to say, God, it's You, the fire fell. And they cried and they began to say, The Lord is God! The Lord is God! The Lord is God! He is God! And it was the result of a man who began... To walk with God. In a moment of famine and destruction. Folks, i got news for you. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And we've got to learn to follow God in the midst of destruction and famine. There is a thief that is out to kill, steal, and destroy everything in this world right now. Oh, and He's doing a master job of it. He is killing and destroying cancel culture. Let's cancel everything that was good before. And let's turn it upside down. Let's take the nuclear family that God created and let's turn it upside down and cause everybody in this room to forget about it and think it's weird. Let's take sexuality and turn it on its head and cause everybody to think that this between a man and the woman that God created in the beginning and brought that woman to her, bro- to her groom and put them together and cause family to come out of that. Let's turn that on its head and let's cause that to look goofy and dumb and let's create something else out of our minds or out of Satan's mind. And let's get everybody too scared to talk about it. Let's get preachers too scared to preach from the pulpit. Let's get people so cowered behind rocks in fear of Goliath that they'll never stand up because they might get canceled. They might lose their friends. They might lose their job. They might lose their tax status and not get to get their little tax write-off on their income tax. So let's get them to shut up in a corner and relegate it just inside the house of God. Amen? And let's get them not to talk about politics. Ooh, that taboo subject that all of our forefathers used to preach on in the church from, from pulpits like this. So that they'd know who to vote for when they went into the voting booth because it's right here in the Bible that God tells us how and who and what kind of people we should vote for. But don't say that! So that we'll be so dumb and not know who to vote for. And get our country in a mess like it's in today. So this man walks with God and they see a true movement of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God desires to do one more time. I've been so small thinking my wife had to call me out on it a couple of days ago. She said, Brad, why do you think so small? I said, I guess because I got disappointed so many times. But it's no excuse. That won't fly with God. Because God's big. And God can do anything. Anything. And I was reading a story, a sermon that I was going to preach today, and, Mar- and Marcia doesn't even know this, but it wasn't just her saying that, because God was saying it right immediately after that. Because that's the same thing that happened when Lazarus died. If you would have been here yesterday, if you'd have been here four days ago, my brother would have lived. Oh, I know you can take care of him resurrection. I know he's going to rise again. Now, but you're, I know I know you'll be with people in the future. But I can't believe for you to be with me now. I know you got big vision of the future. No, I am the resurrection and the life. No, don't you get it? I'm going to let everything run out and then I'm going to call His name and He's going to come forth out of the grave. You don't have to wait for future. You don't have to wait for that to see big. I can do big things now. And folks, I think we have being so beat down at this in this world now that we need to recognize our God is a big God. He still answers prayer. It's worth going into the prayer closet. He can defeat darkness. He can save our sons and daughters. He can save the Apostle Pauls. He can save all sorts the people in this nation if the church will rise up out of her slumber and begin to believe again. Martha, Mary, if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. Hallelujah. And so that's what I want to do. So, 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 so it closes in, in verse 42. Look at what he says. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel. God tells him, go back to do this. And then he bowed down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servants, go up now, look toward the sea. And when he went he saw nothing and he went again and saw nothing and went again and saw nothing he sends him seven times and finally he goes and he says I see I see a cloud the size of a man's palm the size of a man's hands and Elijah's encouraged he takes this message to Ahab and he says rain is coming rain is coming rain is coming and I'm telling you folks pray and ask God to send fire and ask him to send rain on our nation one more time the latter rain because we have a message to share and it's a message of good news it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ and just like it resurrected you and me it can resurrect the life of so many others outside of here if we'll just have the audacity to take it outside of here and open our mouths and preach it how will they know unless a preacher is sent that's you that's me go with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and take it to people all around this place now like Elijah did because God says I'm looking for people like elijah to share the message to call on my name to rebuild unity and to cause i want to i want the holy spirit to come and cause people to live listen to what malachi 4 begins to say malachi 4 and 5 behold i will send you elijah the prophet before the coming and the great and dreadful day of the lord Luke 1 and 17 says, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, and he will turn the sons of disobedience back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Folks, that was John the Baptist. If you'd have known, you'd have realized John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Guess what? He is calling us one more time to be those Elijahs and to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah and to call out here and to turn the hearts of the wicked and the sons of disobedience back to the hearts of the Father. He wants to do that, folks. Folks. Do you understand that? He wants to do that. That's not a pipe dream. He wants to save the world. He wants to save the lost. Does He not? He wants to turn hearts back to Him. He wants to take disobedience and turn it to Him. And that's us. We have the message. It's the church. And so I pray that we would take that. So here's what we're going to do. This is the way God told me to do this. Man, it's 12 If you got to go, go. Honestly, that's not a bad go. If you got to go, go. But here's what I'm going to do. Here's how we're going to close this out. God told me to rapid, we're going to have rapid fire prayer. I don't care if it's one or two, and you just where you are. We're going to have rapid fire prayer. And we're going to ask God to forgive. God, forgive us. Here, here's some things you can rapid fire to Him, but I really want it to be what God lays on your heart. Forgive the moments when we choose our own ways instead of your ways. Because that's what Israel had done. That's what America has done. Forgive us for choosing our own ways instead of your ways. Forgive us for not doing everything according to your word. We begin to elevate science. We begin to elevate uh, money, economy. Everything else above you. We begin to do things in in such a horrible way apart from your word. Family, everything else. And then pray, God, send revival fire and give us the spirit of Elijah. Forgive us for being divided. And when we pray and ask God to forgive us for these things, and then we pray and ask God to send his Holy Spirit down upon us one more time, I think he wants to do that. I really do. I really do. Ask him for a mercy moment right now.